Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. All right, everyone, welcome to The Great People Show. I'm your host, J.J., and in the studio with me today is Kelsey. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, J.J. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. We have a stimulating topic today about being a control freak. But before we get to that, if you'd like to contribute to our show today, give us a call, 804-454-1366. We would love to hear your stories, opinions, and even advice on being a control freak. Or you can email me at jj at great people's show because we are everywhere. Our show is absolutely everywhere. Greatpeopleshow.com. If you're on YouTube, Facebook, Insta. I was told the other day it's just called Insta. That's how the millennials call it. Oh, (laughs) I'm just trying to fit in over here. Twitter, all of these places, we're at Great People Show because this is the people show. We want to talk about the topics that are important to you on your path to greatness. Being a control freak. Kelsey, are you a control freak? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was quick. So, um... On a scale from uh, 1 to 10, or let's make this 0 to 10. On a scale from 0 to 10, 0 meaning you don't try to control anything. 10 is you try to control everything. Where are you on that spectrum? Um, probably like a 7 or 8. That's, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's bad. So <laughs> um, what tops the list? What, what drives you to be a 7 or 8 on that? I just like everything to be perfect and everything right. Prioritize that for me. What's everything? What's the most important thing to be perfect in your life? Um, well, I think that changes with age. Right now, I think it's my education, being at school, okay. making sure that everything's going well, going right. So, being smart is 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 where you want to be. Well, yeah, make good grades, make sure I'm doing all the right things, and okay, making the right connections okay. and. So, uh, I, you know, we're using the topic control freak because that's what I think most people resonate with. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's what they identify with because we've just used it in our society for so long. So if that bothers you, if the term control freak bothers you, we'll just call you a control seeker. We think about that. <laughs> we'll, I like that. I we'll, mean, uh, we'll lessen its, its, its brutality if, if you want to. Rather than being a freak, you can just be a seeker. I like that. So um, – this is, the, this is the technical definition from psychology today. I don't know how technical that is, but that's what I found on being a control freak. They're often obsessive, compulsive, angry, phobic, or even mood disordered. <laughs> now, there's going to be a group of our audience right now that says, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and then there's going to be a group of our audience that says, no, nah, that's not me. So one of the things I want to do on this show today is correlate some of the real common things that we may obsess over and then really help you identify, is, is that me? Am, do I do those things? And, um, and it came up on our last show whenever we were talking about blind spots. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you all may remember me saying this. When I asked Sam, my wife, what my biggest blind spot, uh, blind spot was, she said, well, you just like to control a lot of things, which really <laughs> has led me into this topic today. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, if this applies to me, then it probably applies to a whole lot of other people too. Mm-hmm. Um, these people need control because without it, they fear things would spiral out of control and their lives would fall apart. Wow. I mean, I know some people that are not control freaks and their lives have not spiraled. And I, it, it, there's that saying, rather than trying to be a, um, a second rate someone else, try to be a first rate you. Mm-hmm. And I think often we compare ourselves to other people. And when we don't have what other people have, we, we try to take more control over our actions, our behaviors, not necessarily to make ourselves happy, but to try to replicate what other people have and do. Do you, do you see that? Yeah, definitely. Because you think you can look at someone and be like, oh, my gosh, you know, they have their life together. Yeah. They control everything. <laughs> yeah, so as we as we move into the show uh, today, we uh, we want to hear your comments. We're on Facebook Live. We're uh, in the studio at 804-454-1366. So I'm curious, when is it good to be a control freak? 
When do you think it's a good time to grab it by the reins and say, this is mine, I'm in control, and I'm not letting go? I feel like if you have a project or maybe like a big event, like uh, your wedding, I guess. Okay. Or, I mean, I guess if you're planning a funeral, you want everything to go well as well. <laughs> <laughs> it could go either well, way. If it, if, if it is your funeral... It probably doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, at it? that point, you can't be a control freak anymore. You gotta, you gotta let somebody uh, I'm, else. I'm know. curious if if you even feel like you need to have control at your funeral when it's your funeral. Then we need to talk to you on the show today. Well, That's but, severe. But that already happens because people, you know, they'll be like, <laughs> "I want to, I want to be buried here, or I want to be cremated." And people plan that kind of stuff. They put it in their will. I never thought about that. My mom does. She's already. Told my dad me. did that. My mom is 57 and has already told me her funeral I'll tell you a quick funny story about my dad. He passed away back in uh, 2004. And um, I remember having this conversation with him about him going and investing in his funeral plot. And I love the word investing. You're investing because if you buy early, you get a better deal. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, let's face it, right? It's supply and demand. It's, you know, it's like it's it's basic economics. Mm -hmm. If, If you have passed and your family needs a place to put you, they can pretty much charge whatever they want at that point. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be real about it, okay? So he bought it. He made the payment on it. He paid it off. And then he wanted to upgrade. And his upgrade was into the mausoleum on the outside. He paid that off. Wanted to upgrade. Moved him to the inside at the top. <laughs> paid that off. Wanted to upgrade. And unfortunately, he passed before he could get further down into the mausoleum. But that's control, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's like saying, I, I want to know exactly where I'm going to be when I'm not here anymore, yeah. which is total oxymoron. Where else is it good to be a control freak? Mm, I think like I was saying, when you have a project, like at work, if you're doing a big project, yeah. especially if it's you, if it's if it's just you, it's a little bit different when you have a team because then you have to delegate um, and some of it is out of your control. But yeah. if you got a big project, if it's something really important, you definitely want to be in control and know everything that's going on. If I had to rank the number one issue that, that leaders get in trouble with in their abilities to do an effective job in their job and to keep them from being able to accelerate in the company through promotion is the inability to delegate. Mm-hmm. Because in, in the sound advice here is you have to create your replacement. And there's no way you can do that without letting go of control and delegating. And if you have that problem, or if you used to have that problem and you overcame that problem, we want to hear you on the show today, 804-454-1366. Here's where, here's where I think it's good to be a control freak. Is in times of urgency, mm-hmm. chaos, um, when, when people are lost, when people lack direction, mm-hmm. don't be the person that just sits around and waits for someone else to take control of the situation. Just do it. And if your instincts really dictate to you, if they're screaming to you, Kelsey, do something about this. JJ, do something about this. Then just do it. Mm-hmm. Don't hesitate. Because uh, I've seen a lot of people that are, it, it's, it's, it's almost ironic. They're, they're a controller in almost every area of their life. But when the rubber meets the road and things get chaotic and things maybe start to get a little bit out of their control, they freeze up. They just kind of lose it. It gets crazy. So today we're talking about being a control freak. If you want to contribute to this topic, please call us into the show, 804-454-1366. When we come back, we're going to talk about the five signs that you're a control freak. You're listening to The Great People Show. Caitlin and Brad had always seen their parents as boring adults until their family stayed at the Omni Homestead. Once dad went full desperado during horseback riding and mom left them in the dust while hiking the Cascades Gorge, they learned to never underestimate an inner child. How might staying at Omni affect you? From hay rides to mountain biking, choose a different adventure every day with our adventure package. To learn more and book your next stay, visit theomnihomestead.com. The Omni Homestead Resort. Never stay the same. 
Before the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie Course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Jacqueline and Nick thought they knew everything there was to know about each other. But after staying at the Omni Homestead, where they discovered Nick was a natural in a kayak and Jacqueline had a zest for zip lining, they realized every journey is a chance to discover something new. How might staying at Omni affect you? From unlimited golf to intimate dining and romantic spa retreats, visit theomnihomestead.com to find the perfect package for your next getaway. The Omni Homestead Resort. Never stay the same. All right, welcome back to The Great People Show. I'm J.J. White, your host. In the studio with me today is Kelsey. And we are talking about, are you a control freak? And uh, right before we went to our break, we were talking about how sometimes being a control freak can actually propel you into greatness. Mm -hmm. I'd say statistically, it's probably going to hold you back more often. Um, Five signs you're a control freak. Number one, correcting people when they are wrong. Now, why do you think that's a sign you're a control freak? Well, I think that kind of ties into the last one or the second one where it says getting the last word in. You're not supposed to talk about that. (laughs) You're winning an argument. Okay. Well, you know, when you're correcting people when they're wrong, that means you think you're, we were talking about this before the show. You think you have all the answers. Mm -hmm. You're always right. You're always right. You always see it the better way. You always see it differently, which is always the better way. And you take the moments to correct someone. Now, even if you know for a fact you're right, it's better off. You're better off not to just take control and tell someone, well, you know, that's not right. This is right. Another sign, getting the last word in to win an argument. I was told this when I was younger. I've really worked on this hard. I think I was in my late teens, my early 20s, and I was was, uh, trying to win an argument. Mm-hmm. And uh, this person literally yelled at me, you always get the last word in. And guess what I said? <laughs> no, I, I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. No, I don't. It just happens that way. Another sign, refusing to admit you're wrong. The Dale Carnegie principle is when you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. And if you can't admit you're wrong, that means for some reason you've convinced yourself that you're right. And that keeps you in control of the situation. And one thing we haven't talked about in the show yet, we're not really talking about controlling people or controlling situations as much as the real driver here is trying to control your own emotions. Mm -hmm. Because it's whenever we get emotionally out of control that the anxiety kicks in. And part of this whole phenomenon of being a control freak is really trying to maintain our anxiety. Mm Mm-hmm. Judging others is another sign that you're a control freak. Now, you're in college, Kelsey. I'm sure you've never been in a situation where you and your friends sat around and talked trash about someone else behind their back. I'm sure that's never happened to you. Everyone does that. Oh. So now it's not, now it's not, so every, so that, does that you justify? You can't just blame it on the millennials. No, hey, it's not what I said. <laughs> Wait, am I, am I being a control freak right now? Um, So often whenever we're thinking about ourselves in comparison to others and maybe part of that control mechanism is if we see something that we like in someone else or someone that we admire in someone else or something that we want that someone else has, that we can be very judgmental towards that because we're jealous. And the only way we control our emotions in that situation is to minimize it, degrade it, make Mm -hmm. fun of it. So if you're on Facebook Live or you're listening to us and you want to call in and be a part of the show, of course you do, 804-454-1366. And another part of this, um, whenever I talk to people about being a control freak, whether it's in one of our training programs, uh, in our coaching sessions, just one-on-one, just you know having conversation with someone, it often gets tied to OCD, you know, that obsessive-compulsive disorder. 
which is, I guess, clinical. I'm not going to get into that on the show because I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, which could be, <laughs> could be on all subjects. Um, but whenever you get into this OCD thing, it's, it's, the premise of that is people get anxious about issues that seem out of control or just messy. And, and when we went to Facebook with this topic earlier this week, I simply asked the question, tell me, tell me your, your favorite stories on being a control freak. I think only one response was professional. Everything was personal. personal. And the top three were cooking, cleaning the house, and doing laundry. Being a control freak about that. Um, oh, and, and the other one was driving, which was actually our fifth sign that you may be a control freak, is road rage. Guilty as charged. Oh, yes. Sorry. Guilty as charged. You may not see it, but I'm certainly feeling it sometimes. Uh, I have a 30-minute commute mainly on the interstate, and there's nothing like someone going 45 and a 65. Oh, boy. Right? If only we could just have a little remote control of other people's cars just to kind of get out of our way. Like a driver's ed teacher. Oh, that would make the anxiety go. Yeah, right? <laughs> Your driver's ed teacher for hire. So um, on the on that topic of driving, Angie Everstreet on Facebook says this is this is great Angie this is one of my favorite comments I have to drive even if it means taking two vehicles wow oh my gosh that's serious Angie if you happen to be listening to the show I really want to talk to you about this 804-454-1366 um dishwasher Lisa Stover loading the dishwasher efficiently and neatly hmm. I like the word efficient I, I think it's okay to justify being a control freak if it's efficient. Mm -hmm. If you're saving the world time and energy, it's a worthy cause, isn't it, Kelsey? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it to me. I yep. agree. Yep. Stephanie Goff says, the thermostat, one can always bundle up if it's too cold. Wow. So we have a caller. Sean Ryan comes to us, and we're talking about control freaks. Good afternoon. Good morning, Sean. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Talk to us about um, being a control freak. Yeah. So I, I think for me, it's I, I would just say I'm a control freak. I'm, I'm more of the type of person who would want to make sure that everything is kind of lined up and that what the team is doing is successful and reaching the ultimate goal. Awesome. Um, but I, I think oftentimes I can kind of run into the issues of too many expectations, not enough, you know, the supervisor or manager doesn't trust me type of thing. So how do you combat like the idea of laying clear expectations, missions, and goals and vision, but at the same time still allowing them to, your team to do their work, but not come off as if you're trying to control what they're doing, but only trying to implement accountability. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So in, in your role, do you have people working for you that you're trying to manage and trying to get them to accomplish goals? Um, and, yeah. and your desire yeah, is not to do it for them and spend too much time in the trench with them? You know, yeah, I, I think it's a how do you find a healthy balance between spending time with them in the trenches and yep. doing, doing work with them versus Absolutely. that of like holding them accountable in that sense. But how, about how many people do you have on your team? Um, well, I had um, one special staff and uh, numerous student workers and student leaders. I'm in, in the transition of, of jobs right now. Okay, all right. Yeah, so um, uh, the, the, the foundation of this whole challenge is trust on your part of them. And, and we know, we know that if someone is capable to do a job, maybe not to your expectations, maybe they're maybe 60 to 70% capable to doing the job and, um, you step in and cross too many boundaries of, well, you, you need to do it this way, or, um, it, it should be done this way. They're going to know that you don't, or let, let me put it this way. They're going to believe that you don't trust them. It doesn't matter if you do or not. It's, it's perceptions is, is reality. So, um, and, and it's very difficult once you've traveled down this path too far, but at any point in this process of you catching yourself thinking, I am probably being a control freak here, <laughs> is to have that conversation with them. And, and this is, and Sean, this is my conversation. It, it's not necessarily your conversation, but I'm just going to tell you what I would say is um, I, I would, I would um, admit that maybe I'm wrong first. It's, and go to them and say, you know, I sense that I may be trying to control this too much. Uh, what do you think? What, you know, what can I do to help you uh, do more of this on your own or, or grow and get their, their point of view? Because, Sean, one challenge here I've seen is people, there are people that want you to control them. And, right, 
and if you step back too far, guess what? It, they actually are upset by that. So right. you, you have to find out what their expectations are. And, and if you have mismanaged expectations, maybe if they say, Sean, I don't want you to even bother me with the work, then you have to step in as a leader and say, well, we, we need to find a healthy balance because um, I do believe you need some, some help along the way. We just need to find out. Uh, out where so you know my advice here is this has to be a very open conversation with each person on the team because you're gonna have some that want you to control them and and your job is to actually untether them from you um and then you have some people that want no control but you have to be involved in their work a little bit simply because they just aren't doing it to the best of their abilities does 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 that help you in your situation yeah most definitely i I think it's oftentimes you know as as a new manager and as a new professional i think oftentimes it's that especially working with a mix of generational differences, I think is oftentimes uh, that difficulty because everyone views and generational differences yeah. different in management. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling the show, Sean. I appreciate it. We, uh, we, w- we wish you well on your uh, leadership journey. Awesome. I appreciate you guys taking time. Thank, Thank you. Again. Have a good day. So uh, going also to, um, um, to, to Facebook, um, Nicole Haskins, a longtime close personal friend and client, Nicole we miss you. She calls it being a control master. Man. I like that title. Leave it up to Nicole to call that a, being a control master. We're going to have to get Nicole on the show here one of these days. <laughs> um, so other things that you can identify in yourself is having an excessive interest in lists, timetables, and rules. Being so concerned with completing a task perfectly that they have problems completing it. It's perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have heard the saying, um, good is enemy to the great. Good is enemy to great. You know, uh, Jim Collins, also perfect is enemy to great, that we will literally squeeze the oxygen out of a project or a person before they ever get a chance to do something about it. Um, we heard this from Sean, and we didn't really get a chance to talk too much about it, but I think it's an important topic to talk about is one of the drivers of us being a control freak is that we have such high standards. Mm-hmm. What What do you have incredibly high standards over? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Here, I'll think about it. Oh, what do you on, have high standards on? My children. That makes sense. And I want them to be the absolute best they can be. And it's all I can do to say I need to let them create their own path. Mm-hmm. That's difficult. Um, a lot of people are a control freak because it leads to recognition. Um, now, I really admire Sean, our last caller, because I never sensed in him at all that he was doing this to get the glory. Oh, yeah. Because he could easily be the guy that says, well, I'm going to show you how to do it right. Because whenever we win this project or get it right, I'm going to get the recognition. Mm-hmm. I think very few people outwardly say that, but they absolutely feel it. The other one is they feel needed. I've been in many situations where people try to control the situation just to show that they're needed by others. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, I'm a valuable part of this relationship. I'm a valuable part of this team. So call us if you want to talk more about this Control freak issue, 804-454-1366. Email me at JJ at Great People Show. When we come back, we'll be taking more callers. You are listening to the Great People Show. Jacqueline and Nick thought they knew everything there was to know about each other. But after staying at the Omni Homestead, where they discovered Nick was a natural in a kayak and Jacqueline had a zest for ziplining, they realized every journey is a chance to discover something new. How might staying at Omni affect you? From unlimited golf to intimate dining and romantic spa retreats, visit theomnihomestead.com to find the perfect package for your next getaway. The Omni Homestead Resort. Never stay the same. Before the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams, while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Caitlin and Brad had always seen their parents as boring adults. 
until their family stayed at the Omni Homestead. Once Dad went full desperado during horseback riding and Mom left them in the dust while hiking the Cascades Gorge, they learned to never underestimate an inner child. How might staying at Omni affect you? From hayrides to mountain biking, choose a different adventure every day with our adventure package. To learn more and book your next stay, visit theomnihomestead.com. The Omni Homestead Resort. Never stay the same. All right, welcome back to The Great People Show. Check us out. We are everywhere. Greatpeopleshow.com, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spreaker, the list goes on and on because this is The People's Show, your guide to greatness. So we have Chris Lazuri. Chris, welcome to the show. Hello, how are y'all? Um, we're, we're great. So Chris, tell us about being a control freak. Where, where are you at in this whole control freak spectrum? I think he goes back to what you said earlier about the kitchen and uh, <laughs> cooking in the dishwasher. I think oh. it's those little things that you feel like you can control, um, you take you take control of, and you're able to um, do it a way maybe you're accustomed to. Some of those things yeah. come from tradition or the way your family's done it, and it's just the way you're used to it. That's a really Chris, yeah. interesting concept that you were talking about because I was just thinking the same thing that – I never really thought about it until the Facebook comments came in and JJ and I were talking about them. And I was like, that's so true. Like, yeah. I never would have thought, I would have thought more professionally, like we were talking about in the workplace or maybe at school. Yeah. Well, um, no, I would. And I think of it from a being married. I'll have, well, I'll have been married. I'm not married yet. I'll have been married. If I make it there on Tuesday, it'll be 19 years. Wow. Congratulations. congratulations. So controlling the little things um, yeah. it, it is is important, but I realize some of the things that the way my wife does them is the way her family's always done them okay. and some of the ways we do them. So whether it become a, a Christmas tradition or the way a spaghetti sauce is cooked or <laughs> the dishwasher is loaded, they're just differences. What happens when like someone tries to do something differently? Like maybe your wife does something a little bit differently or is there conflict there? Or maybe after almost 20 years, y'all have come to a happy medium. Yeah, what happens? Um, I think it depends which one of us is, is doing it, but from that standpoint, often it's let me handle this aspect of it, and you do something else. Um, <laughs> so the so the control just gets uh, passed around, right? Yeah, yeah. I can feel the level of agitation in myself <laughs> rising if I'm not in control of it. So That's I try great. to be cautious of that. Of either you do it or I do it. But if we're both doing it, I don't think we're gonna. It's, it's, gonna it's end not gonna well. work out. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you know that brings up an interesting concept. Yeah, I, I think the reason that some people get away with being a control freak for so life is they just surround themselves with people that don't need to be a control freak. You know, it's that. It's that they, they let that other person just, you know, they need to have control, let them go for it, and then they'll be fine. Just let them get it out of their system. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I first heard you talking, Chris, you were talking about how it's the little things that add up. And it's the little things at home. And I'm, I'm curious from your perspective how that translates over into your professional life. Like, do you, do you see it the same way or you, do you behave the same way or do you take a different approach when you're at work with other people that you may not have as much – understanding with or uh, close proximity to? How, how does it work out in your life? Yeah, I guess from that standpoint, working with a wide variety of people, it's harder to understand what they do need to have control of and how that fits in with what you're trying to accomplish. I think the worst thing is not having control of something that you're going to be held accountable for. Yeah. So that ability to um, hold on, you're holding me accountable to this, but you're not giving me the authority to make those decisions. That's where a control freak um, comes in from that standpoint. You have to have that. Do you have that conversation with someone at the right time with exactly what you just said? You want me, you want me to be accountable, but I don't have authority. How do you, how do you do that? Um, luckily where I've been, I've built up hopefully enough um, credibility to be able to do that okay. when the time comes. So it is a conversation that, I, that I've had to have. Um, it's a, it's a role um, that's got to be filled from that standpoint, but it's not always one that's when you're dealing with a bunch of people that are typically controlling that <laughs> it's easy for them to give up either because yeah. you're accountable on one level and they're accountable on another. So if you don't look at each other's perspectives, then, um, you might be trying to accomplish the same thing but have two different ways of looking at it with the other not understanding your point of view of, of why you want to do it the way you do. Yeah, I, I, I think we talked about this on our last show where uh, one of the quotes that I, that I 
I used is nothing destroys a relationship faster than unspoken expectations. And when I hear you talk, I think about that, that if we aren't communicating um, our frustrations in the appropriate way to the right people, then this this controlling thing happens in the background the whole time. Like it could it could be during a project, maybe it's just during an entire relationship where there's this underlying current of pushing and pulling back and forth. And in your previous personal examples is between you and your wife, you just, you just learn, you you just, you just know how to kind of get out of each other's way when you need to. But professionally, I think it's a lot different because you've got different um, goals. And do you, have you found yourself in the past having to have those really um, challenging conversations with someone about, Hey, I don't think we're, uh, I, I don't think we're um, all driving in the same direction and we're kind of ripping each other apart. H- has that been something that you've been a part of? Yeah, certainly in in, in certain aspects from the standpoint of um, as you become more comfortable working with somebody, you do learn how they work versus how you work yeah. um, mm-hmm. and to be able to make that happen. But it, it is a difficult conversation to have because sometimes it's with people that um, – are above you in a hierarchy oh, wow. and other times it's from a standpoint of you know this is why we're doing it and i think sometimes that's the point that comes in i mean an example taking it back to home again as we mm-hmm. moved into a new house i kept parking on the right side of the driveway my wife's <laughs> like can you park on the left side and i'm like why i was like to me parking on the right side of the driveway i can get out of the driver's door i'm still in the driveway i'm not stepping into the grass and she said well you kind of block the sidewalk so if we were ever to have a guest They've got to walk around your car to get to the sidewalk. And as soon as she explained that, I was like, all right, I'll park on the left side of the driveway. But never something that I would have considered. But once she gave me her perspective, she was right, as usual. That is, that good, is so good funny. Answer, Chris. Good, the exact nice same thing just that. happened to me at home. When At home, my mom parks in the garage, my dad parks on the right, and I park on the left. And I came home last Sunday for the day, and I pull up, and someone's in my parking spot, and it threw everything oh, oh, off. Your parking spot, and it throws everything off, and everyone's in a tizzy because they're like, <laughs> "I need to get out," but I, you're in my way. Blah blah blah. That is so funny. I completely, completely relate, Chris. So, Chris, what I hear you saying is, um, and, and I loved your first reaction, which is really why. Okay, what? Why, why does it? Why now? If you say why does it matter, that might standoffish a little bit, but just getting their point of view of, 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 of an issue helps us release some control over a situation because I, I'm sure that if you were um, uh, not, you know, if, it, if, if it wasn't your wife or just someone kind of came and give you a hard time of you can't park there, it would probably create a little defensiveness on your part, wouldn't it? Right, like certainly. And that's that difficulty at work. Typically, I tend to be a non-confrontational person so to bring up something that I think needs to be done a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean, something as simple as, as an Excel spreadsheet, if you're at work, <laughs> well, why are the columns in that order? Well, <laughs> I like to look at it this way. Maybe you like it. Can you resort it? I can, but you have the same Excel spreadsheet. Maybe you could do it if that's how you want to look at it. That's great. Oh, that is funny. And, and uh, you, you, I'm sure you abbreviated that example for us, but in, in real life, that could go on for like minutes. I mean, you could waste so much time just mm-hmm. trying to battle uh, perfectionism in a way or, or point of view. And, you know, Chris, to your credit, you could be just coaching someone. Say, hey, this could be better for the people that you're doing this for. But we are we get so tied to our own work, don't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, we just get so like we own something so hard. It's hard for someone like Chris to step in and give us some ad- advice. So I'm curious, Chris, you seem to have uh, a tremendous amount of self-control, just from what I hear you say. Like in these situations, you know yourself, you know the other people. Um, I, I don't remember your exact words, but you say you tend to be a non-confrontational person, which takes an, a, a strong amount of self-control. What's, what's your advice for our listeners on how we can become more like that kind of person? Like I said, just the value of understanding why the other person has a different perspective of trying to help understand you know, they're looking at it from a different angle. And if the more perspectives you take in, um, the more likely there is to maybe be a common way to do something or um, less controlling or the fact that there maybe is a better way than than what you think there is doing. So from that standpoint, um, it it helps, I think, to have that conversation of understanding or just getting a little bit more about that person you're working with Mm -hmm. um, to see what angle they're looking at it from. And um, and and taking that just one step further, which it sounds like you do already, is 
if you're in a situation with someone else and you have different points of view, is just to say, you know what, let's give it, let's let's give your shot a try, because in my personal experience, at least half the time, if not more, their way is better, mm-hmm. and they have they and they have a better idea than I do. And I think if we humble ourselves enough, we start to realize, wow. I shouldn't be as much of a control freak as, as I am because I'm usually not in the right about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that really gets us uh, to a better place of, of emotional state with these situations. Just being flexible. Yeah. Chris, thank you so much for joining our show today and, and giving your opinions. We appreciate your time here. No, I appreciate being able to listen and calling in. All right. Have a good day, Chris. Thanks. All right. Thanks. So we're here on The Great People Show talking about being a control freak. And why it may or may not lead you to greatness. You're listening to The Great People Show. Caitlin and Brad had always seen their parents as boring adults, until their family stayed at the Omni Homestead. Once Dad went full desperado during horseback riding and Mom left them in the dust while hiking the Cascades Gorge, they learned to never underestimate an inner child. How might staying at Omni affect you? From hayrides to mountain biking, choose a different adventure every day with our adventure package. To learn more and book your next stay, visit theomnihomestead.com. The Omni Homestead Resort. Never stay the same. Before the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams, while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com thought they knew everything there was to know about each other. But after staying at the Omni Homestead, where they discovered Nick was a natural in a kayak and Jacqueline had a zest for ziplining, they realized every journey is a chance to discover something new. How might staying at Omni affect you? From unlimited golf to intimate dining and romantic spa retreats, visit theomnihomestead.com to find the perfect package for your next getaway. The Omni Homestead Resort. Never stay the same. You are listening to The Great People Show. I'm your host, J.J. White, and here we have in the studio with us our co-host, Kelsey Bridges. And today we're talking about being a control freak, why it may or may not be a good thing for you. And we have on the line with us Jody Alcock. Jody, welcome to the show. Hi, J.J. Hi, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. So, Jody, let's be direct. Are you a control freak? You know what's funny is uh, in most most parts of my life, I'm so not a control freak. Okay. I have, I have like a really laid-back parenting style and laid-back as a wife. When it comes to work, okay. I hold on to every single detail with both hands. Why, why is there such a gap there between work and home for you on this? You know, I don't I, – I really don't know. I can't really put my finger on it except that I just – in my work life, uh, I feel like my clients are depending on me, and letting go of letting go of those responsibilities and and giving them to my team is just something I've struggled with for years and years and years. I just it, I feel like it's all on me, and I need to I need to hang on to it and make sure it's all done perfectly. So you said uh, the first thing out of your mouth was, "My clients depend on me." But doesn't your yeah. husband and your and your family depend on you even more? They do depend on me, but we're I don't know. We're at home we're just such a such an integrated team. Okay. And think- it's somehow easier for us as a family unit to just be a team and rely on each other and we sort of get through every day as a team. Yeah. And your family is also more forgiving than your clients are. <laughs> oh, very true. <laughs> yeah, your your clients can fire you. Your husband can't. Well, I guess technically exactly. he could, but 
the chances are, well, are small. So, yeah, that's not happen. so Jody, let's let's chase this concept of the the, the team effect. And um, I don't remember if it was a, a article I was reading or a book, but they were talking about how um, the tightest knit teams in our society are um, first responders. Mm-hmm. That no matter what drama is happening in that team, and these are some folks that that spend more time with each other than they do their own family. Mm-hmm. That um, when they have to respond to an incident, they are on it. Mm-hmm. They are working together. There's no issues. There's no baggage. There's no backstabbing. I mean, it is a pure team effort. Does that sound like your family, Jody? That that like you know that you just guys you all are so in sync with each other that you understand each other's norms and you just it, it's almost like I'm not going to say it's perfect because nothing's perfect, but it just way you describe your family just reminds me of kind of being a first responders team. You just know each other so well and you've got things to get done and you just get it done. Is that, is that your family? Absolutely. And we just, my husband and I finish each other's sentences Mm. literally (laughs) and he knows what I'm thinking and we just mesh as a team and as parents and it just, it comes from having been together so long and having waited 10 years to have our family and, you know, we got to know each other as a couple before we had kids and now we just mesh. It just, it just happens. So uh, tell us a little bit more about what happens at work. Like what are the positive effects of you being, um, now do you want to, do you want to be called a control freak or would you prefer a control seeker? What, what do you like? (laughs) It doesn't matter to me. I'm good either way. I like control freak. Um, So what's the upside of you being a control freak at work? Well, the upside is that I know that what I'm delivering to my clients is the absolute best results that I can offer. I, I'm handling it from start to finish, so yeah. I know it's going to be up to my standards, and they're going to get the results that I demand every time. Yep. Downside. What's the downside of being a control freak? Well, the downside is that my plate gets too full. Um, okay. The downside is... I mean, studies have shown that there's a dramatic downside to, say, employee engagement. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm the vice president of the company, and I have a team around me yeah. who are incredibly talented, incredibly bright, incredibly capable millennials yep. who are more, more than able to take the, these things off my plate and deserve my trust and have my trust. Yeah. I mean, some of these, te- some of my teammates are my very best friends. Yeah. I do trust them implicitly. And, you know, research has shown that belief in senior leadership and, and senior leadership showing employees trust improves, dramatically improves employee engagement. Absolutely. So there's a huge downside there in, in my not delegating to them so, from an employee engagement standpoint. So I heard you say earlier that you really expect and demand the toppest quality to your clients in, in that same breath almost that you have this massive trust for your people to do great work. How, what's holding you back? That's what I've been working on. Yeah. That's what I've been working on. And, you know, and how do you work on past, that? What do you do to work on well, that? Well, this past winter, actually, I took Dale Carnegie's Leadership Training for Managers mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. And that that is really, really helping me. Um, they really reinforce in that course how delegation is good for the organization, it's good for the delegate, and it's good for the delegator. Yeah. So, and one one really simple thing that one really simple phrase question actually that has really helped me is when I'm delegating a task to one of my teammates, I ask them, and this really helps me uh, make sure that I'm communicating properly to mm-hmm. them. As I ask them um, simply, so that I know we're on the same page, would you mind repeating to me what I just asked you to do? Okay. And then I get to hear them say it back to me in their own words. And that makes you feel better? And that makes me feel better. It just makes me know that I've communicated my vision for what I want them to do properly. So it shifts your emotional state. It just makes you feel calm. Exactly. um, Do you feel anxiety whenever these situations come up and you have to do something and you're like, I think I'm just going to do that for them? Is anxiety anxiety connected to the inability to delegate as much as you like? 
It, it very much is. Yeah. 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 Well, I would imagine that that would be um, uh, the first place to start in your in your journey is to say, um, I, I, I need to push through the anxiety because it. I think your greatness on this topic is just on the other side of that anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that you know to do right now, uh, because it, you're so good at it, is just to do just to do it. Like it's it's kind of that instant gratification of here. I'll just do this really fast because I'm afraid mm-hmm. if if I give it to them to do it's you know I can do it in five minutes, but they may not get to it till this afternoon. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. It's going to take me longer to explain it to them than if I just do it myself. Yep. Yeah. And and uh, a phrase I often say to myself. And you said earlier your plate's full. Shocking. Overfull. <laughs> right. Shocking. Exactly. Shocking. Exactly. You know, at some point, I wonder if it's good just to take the plate and flip it up and just knock everything off of it and say, gang, <laughs> I'm done with it. Everyone is doing everything, and we're just going to see how it goes. You know, maybe that's... And the, the truth is they would pick it all up, and they would run with it, and they would do a fantastic job. Absolutely. So, what? So, Jody, what's one thing you're going to do different today to be less of a control freak Delegate more to your team, build trust, and get them more engaged in their job. I will today choose one thing off of my plate to hand over to each of my teammates. Right on. There you go. We got your back. So you so email me, JJ, JJ at Great People Show. Email me uh, tomorrow. All right, I'm expecting an email from you. I want to know how it went. And if you didn't do it, you still need to email me. <laughs> All right, that's the deal. Jody, thanks for joining the show. We appreciate your contributions. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a good me. day. You too. So today we've been talking about being a control freak. And um, we, we want to provide some solutions for this. And I think this conversation with Jody was was a, a clear example of one of the things that's holding us back professionally from being able to to be great at something is um, and it's almost like an oxymoron, isn't it? That mm-hmm. one of the things holding us back from being great is we're trying to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. That if we don't build a solid team around us, we're going to be in a lot of a trouble. And um, if you if you hear um, Jody and Chris and Sean earlier, you know the the underlying driver of this is emotion. It's anxiety. It's the it's the fear of things going wrong and us getting in trouble for that or us being held accountable to that. Um, personally, I uh, I've been in many situations in my life where I um, uh, I did give something to somebody. I did trust them and it went wrong. Mm-hmm. And I had to take one for the team with the client or whomever when that went wrong. But, of course, working hard not to throw that person under the under the bus. Mm-hmm. the client usually appreciates the fact that you're working as a team to do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with saying we are sorry. We did not do that well. And to Jody's point, if you don't do these kind of things, your employees are probably going to go somewhere where they can work freely mm-hmm. and work more autonomously. And a big part of this is getting out of our comfort zone when it comes to um, being able to delegate, being able to let other people do things the way they want to do it. And not be such a control freak. You know, we're sitting here watching uh, Facebook and um, on, on Facebook Live. And a couple times I've seen people post the fact that um, as you get older, mm-hmm. the control freakishness, as Travis Wagaman said, kicks up a notch. And, um, and I can tell you, as the son of parents and dealing with people that are in their 60s and 70s and 80s. I mean, they made movies about this stuff. It was called Grumpy Old Men, remember? You know, <laughs> about, you know, as we get older, we tend to want to control more things in our life mm-hmm. because uh, to Travis's point, um, I'm running out of time in my life to save the amount of money I need in order to retire at the, at the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this concept of going from um, success to significance in our life. Uh, Ray Powell just said 60's not old. Uh, sorry, Ray. <laughs> from going from significance to success, and when, when the clock starts to run out on things, when the clock starts to run out on our life, we, I, I think, naturally start to want to take the bull by the horns and, and, and take more control over a situation. So whether it, it's... Uh, you making sure that the cups are in the right place in the dishwasher. Me personally, 
It's making sure that the towels are folded corner to corner <laughs> and they're stacked up in the closet by color. Why? Because that just makes sense. <laughs> it just makes okay. sense to me. You know, these little things that happen in our life or is it the big things that happen at work? If you are in a job where you feel stagnant, that's going to be a future topic of the show. Why are you stagnant? Why are you stuck? It could be because you have created such a tight comfort zone around yourself and around your family, around whomever, that no one can breathe. Mm -hmm. No one can move forward in their life. And, and if no one around you can move forward, you can't move forward either. You're because holding everybody else back. Because everyone's depending on you. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's go back to what Jody said. They are not going to be able to grow as people mm -hmm. because they are waiting on her to do it for them. Mm -hmm. And people stop coming to you to help them solve a problem. They come to you for the solution. They're not, they're not there to get advice. They're there to be told what to do. And you train people to do that when you're a control freak. So my advice to you today on this whole topic of being a control freak is you have to identify the emotion that's driving the behavior. And it's probably rooted in fear. Would you agree with that, Kelsey? Yeah, definitely. And what are we afraid of if we're a control freak? It's not going right. It's not going right according to our point of view. Our standards. And I'd almost guarantee it's probably going to go a little bit better if you're not trying to control it so much. Mm -hmm. We want to thank you for being a part of this show and a part of this mission at The Great People Show. This is The People Show where we want to bring topics to you that are holding you back from greatness. This show is your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Get it? Great people show GPS to excellence. Reach out to us. We are everywhere. You can email me directly, jj at greatpeopleshow.com. Facebook, Insta, Twitter, Great People Show. You can download the show anytime afterwards on YouTube, Apple Spreaker, Podcasts. iTunes, Google Play, Please subscribe, be, be a part of the show. Whoever you are, wherever you are, no matter what you're doing today, just know you are on your way to greatness. I'm your host, J.J. White. Thank you for being here. Go out and make it great. Bye.